Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, Father Scott Trainer will be joining us again. We are going to talk about a survey that will be sent out to everyone in the diocese, all Catholics in the diocese, to um, talk about what you think about the church and where we can go and how we can be better missionary disciples. And you have to listen to Father Scott, and he can explain it a lot better than I can. So stick around and hang out with us for that interview. Dr. Bergwald is sitting here looking at me like that was all ridiculous. Well, I was just, are, are you petitioning <laughs> for a new host for Catholic Youth? Father Scott Trainer is going be. to- yes. uh, Maybe, maybe that would have been helpful to have someone else explain it, but Dr. Bergwald's here to talk about some biblical bites with Dr. B, and we don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to stop and let him go. What's today, Renee? I do not know. Well, I've been a little out of commission. Third Sunday, ordinary time. Third Sunday, ordinary Thanks, time. Thanks, Bill. First, yes, that's fair. Uh, first reading is a reading from the book of Nehemiah. Oh, yeah. We don't hear from him much. So, <laughs> well, we'll probably need did, you more. He did pass away I don't know. about... Uh, <laughs> 2,400 I mean years ago. So, <laughs> uh, all right. What do you know about Nehemiah? The book or the guy? Anything? No. Nothing. Ezra? Ezra I've heard of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the Bible. Okay. All right, never mind. Prophets, right? So the, no, no. It's a prophet Nehemiah. Uh, Ezra and Nehemiah are two books in the Old Testament, <laughs> Old Testament, Renee, that tell about the the return of the, the Jewish people from exile in Babylon. We talked about this last year. <laughs> and now the, and now yeah. you say that and I'm like, oh, I'm a dummy. So, and I totally forgot uh, that. <laughs> so Nehemiah was a layman who, what he, so the Jews returned from exile in Babylon. So this is right. after centuries after David, the North and the South divide, just like the United States in the 1800s mm -hmm. with the Zolder. And then they get invaded and deported to different places. Right. The Southern Kingdom, uh, the, the Judea gets tr uh, deported to, um, Babylon, but they're able to return uh, decades, a uh, hundred-ish years later, uh, and they rebuild the temple, and then the walls, and then the observance of the law. And Nehemiah was the layman who sort of oversaw and championed the rebuilding of the walls. Okay. Because it's not good for the temple to be rebuilt when there's nothing protect to protect right. the darn thing or right. the city. Mm -hmm. So uh, Nehemiah oversaw the rebuilding of the walls. Ezra was a priest scribe who sort of oversaw the observance of the Torah. So actually, okay. that's what that's who Nehemiah and Ezra are. So the book, the books of Ezra and Nehemiah actually were one volume. Oh, okay. That sort of retelled the story. So here we're reading, and the first reading is from the book of Nehemiah. But this is, but it's actually telling us about what Ezra did. So there's this, this key moment where Ezra reads aloud the entire law. So the first five books of the. All in one sitting. You, two days. Oh, all in one two sitting. Two days. <laughs> and the people weep. First of all, they don't understand it because they're speaking Aramaic now and not Hebrew. So there's some others who have to help explain. This is what it means. But the people weep because, oh my gosh. like What have we done? Uh, oh. So we have to sort of, Get back up to speed. So there's this, um, it ends, the reading, do not be saddened this day for rejoicing the Lord must be your strength. So let's recommit ourselves, Ezra says, to the observance of the law, this great gift from God. And it's actually looking ahead then to Jesus, who is the new law. It'll be a good thing to look ahead. Amen. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. In studio with me today, Father Trainer has decided to come back. 
It's always good to be with you, Renee. <laughs> so Father Scott Trainer is the uh, vicar for lay and clergy formation for the diocese. And he is here with us today to talk about something some of you may have heard about in your parishes. It's called the Synod on Synodality. Synod on Synodality, yes. <laughs> and what that means, I think we all would like to know, because this is actually really important. This sounds really boring and like something no one needs to know about, but it's actually really important. And I'm glad Father Scott has decided to come and tell us about it, because it, I think it's, it's something we all need to understand. Mm-hmm. So please, Father Scott, Help us understand this. So will you tell us first? Sir, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so I'll say a few things and then please yeah, ask me yeah, more like questions. Yeah, if you would tell us for sure, what is the synod and synodality? And what does synodality mean for heaven's sake? <laughs> so in the history of the church, a synod is a regional gathering of uh, the bishops of the church okay. to talk about matters of importance for that region of the church. Okay. Okay. So, so when you say a region of the church, are you talking about like a geographical region? Yeah, it could or... be like the bishops of Europe okay. gather. Okay. Or, you know. So like, kind of like the one that's going on in Germany right now, for instance. There's a synod yes, going on there. Okay. They are having, an, uh, all the bishops in that nation are gathered together. They've been on this synodal process for right. uh, some time now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it hasn't necessarily given synod, uh, synods the best reputation in the world. <laughs> that's right? very true. It's been challenging, let's just say. So anyways, uh, that's what, in general, what a synod has been. And uh, the synod on synodality. So the Second Vatican Council called for a standing synod of the bishops of the world. Okay. So with the Holy Father, the Pope in Rome, uh, they have this three-year process by which the on regular scheduled meetings, they gather representatives of bishops from different regions of the world to gather together to talk about matters of importance. Okay. okay? And some people, well, I don't know if our listeners would be familiar with this, but uh, <laughs> I've been involved in priestly formation, a lot of my priesthood. Right, and right. so, for example, um, after the synods meet on a topic, like there was a synod on the family. Right. There was a synod on vocations. Mm-hmm. There was a synod on priestly formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a synod on a lot of different topics. And St. John Paul II, at the towards the end of his papacy, did a series of synods uh, of regional areas of the world, the synod on Asia, the synod on mm-hmm. Oceania, Oceania, and other uh, synod on the Americas. And then very often uh, after there's, so this is a series of meetings over years that culminates in uh, like, again, representative bishops from every part of the world or that part of the world that they're focused on mm-hmm. gathering together to talk about matters of importance, either a topic or just the general mission of the church and okay. pastoral care of people. And very often, uh, after all their deliberations, they create a final document that is presented to the Holy Father. And the Holy Father can and has often uh, then taken that uh, input and collaboration and conversation and written uh, a magisterial document, which are called post-synodal apostolic exhortations. How do you like that? That, that is awesome. I was going to ask you that, like, like what comes out of this? Yeah. And there's actually usually is a document, but not always. Uh, most often there has. Been. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That then, and then that's the, like the teaching office of the Holy father, right. having heard through this kind of giant conversation that's been going on to speak as the universal pastor of the church on this matter of importance. Okay. So for example, uh, the document that is like the the charter for priestly formation is something called uh, pastoris dabo vobis. I will give you shepherds. Okay, that was a post synodal 
apostolic expectation, <laughs> the, the Pope's document after one of these synod processes on the priestly formation. Okay. And it is like really important in the life of the church. Sure. Now, other final documents have not been, you know, as, as important sure. and, okay. you know, practically applicable as that, but um, they are all significant exercises, those uh, uh, after synod documents that the Pope puts out, uh, significant experiences of his teaching and leading of the church. Right. So then it seems so, weird to me that it's called Synod on Synodality because yes, se- yes. that just is bizarre to someone who actually yeah. is something about the English language and it just yeah. seems weird. So please explain. <laughs> I'll, do, laughing. I'll do my I know best. something about the English language. I do speak it and it sounds weird. <laughs> I've sent Father Scott over the edge. Uh, I'm it's sorry. Really it's, good. it's a great question because I think a lot of people have it. Yeah. Right? And, you know, Pope Francis has really been uh, one of his, the themes that he comes back to again is like the church has to be less self-referential, right? Right. And synod on synodality sounds to a lot of people, and it did, full disclosure, to my ears when I first heard about it, it's kind of like an eye roll. Like, yeah. is this a meeting about meetings? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> That's like, what really? it sounds That sounds like. very self-referential. <laughs> yes. But if you actually read the document, so the Vatican put out something called a, a vademecum. It's just a, a serious, it's a practical guide for this whole process. Okay. So actually any of our viewers, if they really want to dive into it, right. can go find that on the Vatican's website on our own uh, sfcatholic.org slash synod. Mm-hmm. There's a link to that document yep. uh, and some other resources to if people want to do a deeper dive into any yeah. of this. And but it's actually fairly easy reading because I've is. read some of it. It's not compl- yeah. complicated. That's right. That's right. And um, it's uh, so it's not it, it's when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, this is very self-retural. It's like a meeting about meetings. But in fact, the subtitle of it is Communion, Participation, and Mission. Okay. So really, how do we have not just – so the synod has always been the synod of bishops right. that are sort of uh, discussing and advising the pope on these matters of importance. Mm-hmm. And the pope's like, well, we want to involve – the broader church in this. So this 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 current effort, the Synod on Synodality, is a worldwide effort. The church has never done anything right, like this. Right. And basically the Holy Father has asked every diocese to animate a conversation uh, in their own diocese, mm-hmm. by whatever means fit best for that diocese, right. uh, to talk about these matters of importance. How do we foster greater communion in the church mm-hmm. among people who are members of the church? Greater participation so that uh, people are actively engaged in the mission of the church, mm-hmm. right? Communion, participation, and mission. Mm-hmm. And those are really important things, and they're worth talking about. Right. So uh, that's not self-referential. That's not right. uh, a meeting about meetings. This is like, <laughs> hey, how do we incorporate not just bishops and like priests or religious, but lay faithful? And and actually, how do we hear about people like, uh, you know, it's often said that the second largest denomination of um, – Christians in our country is former Catholics, right? right? I have heard that. Right, It's like Catholics, former Catholics, and then the Baptists, I think, right. are number three. And uh, so, like, are we reaching, as, you know, the Holy Fathers often talk about, going out to the peripheries? Right. What are we doing to reach out to the people to understand what their experience is? How did they lose contact with the right. church? And is there anything we can do to be uh, more proactive in inviting them and helping them return to the faith? Right that uh, they've lost touch with. Right. And this is why it's so important for us to actually pay attention to this, yeah. because I think almost every family has um, someone in their family who maybe has left the church. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you love for them to come back? Now, wouldn't I'm not you? saying that this thing is going to bring them right. back, but this, the way I understand it will help us start to maybe understand some things we mm-hmm. can do, yeah. or at least what's happening now. So we can say, okay, well, that's not working. So let's, let's change gears. Yep. Okay. So, um, 
So then we know why we're doing this then as a worldwide church, because the, the Pope, the bishops want to hear from everybody. So, as many people as possible. Right, right. Yeah, right. yeah obviously not everybody's going to do it, but yeah. as many people as we can convince. Um, so you take us through some of those, the steps of the process that we're doing here. Uh, in our diocese, specifically? Sure. Well, and, and, and like, in how, general, yeah, where yeah. does it come from so far? Well, uh, so in uh, September of this year, this instruction came from the Vatican. Mm-hmm. They've been talking about this for a few months before that mm-hmm. kind of word was put out. And then they gave the instructions like, what are we actually asking each uh, diocese, each local church to do? Right. And uh, it's very open-ended. They okay. gave a number of like, hey, here are the themes, participation uh, communion and mission mm-hmm. uh, that we wanted to ask important questions about. Mm-hmm. And they listed a bunch of questions, but they said, hey, you can ask these questions or some selection of these questions or other questions that are important in the life of your church. Right. So there is a part of this that um, the process itself is valuable. Okay. Just like, hey, how would we in our diocese, and every diocese is invited to ask this question, what could we do that really invites people to think about these matters of importance for uh, the exercise of our Catholic faith right. in our area right. and to involve them in an important conversation around those things. And just that kind of the infrastructure that goes into that and uh, undertaking that process is, is important. So September that came out, they gave a timeline um, and basically uh, every diocese is asked to do its consultation. So these could be through meetings or survey or on social media, however right. you can, engage people and invite their responses. Right. What do you think will work in your diocese yeah. in particular? Yeah. With the hope that it's a way to help people have an encounter with Christ and the community of faith. So okay. it's not just like, Oh, here's answer a survey. These questions. Yeah, answer these questions. And you know, like a, <laughs> I'm a glad pollster, because right? that's like, meh. <laughs> yeah. so it really is meant to be itself an encounter with Christ and the community of faith. Right. Whether those are people who are actively involved or kind of at the peripheries or uninvolved even, mm-hmm. um, to invite them to prayerfully consider these matters. Okay, so they've asked every diocese to uh, undertake that process, and by uh, the beginning of April, see, did I get March, April? Yes, mm-hmm. by April first, to sum up, what did you learn? What did you do? How was the experience for you and the people who participated? Are there any things that you learned from the conversations that happened at the diocesan level? Then every diocese is going to send that report or summary uh, to the conference of bishops. And then every conference of bishops around the world is going to do a summary of their summaries for the eventual 2023 gathering of bishops for the synod of bishops on synodality in Rome in 2023. Okay. So if, if every diocese is asking different questions or yeah. doing this differently, how is there, how are they going to get anything to synthesize together? I'm a little, <laughs> yeah. that seems a little weird too. Or they, they, I, I think a lot of us are the same. Hmm. I mean, there's different areas, yes, but I think ultimately people are people, people, are people yep. and and there are going to be a lot of uh, commonalities in what comes out. I think that's true. And what the Vatican has asked is that um, under, they kind of broke down these three main topics of communion, participation, and mission mm-hmm. into 10 individual themes. Okay. And whatever conversation, whatever questions or topics you arrange your diocesan conversation around, Uh, They want you to try to organize that under one of those 10 themes. So our effort in the Diocese of Sioux Falls is really focused on mission. Right. Because we've been doing this whole effort to build a culture of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. Right. 
And for me, this was part of my conversion to this whole process, mm-hmm. I would say, for my initial, like, eh. You're like, I can get hold of this now. Yeah. <laughs> is I really saw this opportunity, like, wow, we want to be able to engage as many people as possible in our parishes and in our communities where our parishes are located uh, in reflecting on, like, hey, how can we advance this diocesan vision more? And it fits beautifully with what uh, this sort of one of the three main themes of mission of the whole worldwide synod. So I thought it was a really nice uh, kind of dovetail um, and providential thing right. that this is right. happening right now. It really it hits at a nice spot in what's evolving in our own diocese. Right. So is there a goal for our particular survey yes. for our diocese? Yeah, okay. just so our listeners know, yeah. one of the main efforts we're doing is we've put together a survey, which will go live for responses on February 1st. Right. And uh, people can preview it starting uh, January 15th. They yep. go to sfcatholic.org slash synod, right. S-Y-N-O-D. Uh, they can click here and see the survey questions. Right. right? Uh, but we're encouraging people to take it online. We have a, like an online survey where mm-hmm. you can respond to these questions. Uh, and we have some kind of like scale questions and then some other open-ended uh, questions that right. people can uh and the way, the way yeah. I understand it, they don't have to answer every single question. No. So you don't have to no. be intimidated by the number of questions. Yeah. Pick out the ones you want to answer. Exactly. Especially yeah. for the long form ones, right? right? right. The scale ones don't take a lot of time. Right. But uh, the way we arranged it was under each word of our diocesan mission oh, statement. Okay. So there's questions about lifelong. Right. Like a little, a little blurb on like, hey, what does this mean? And a scriptural touchstone for mm-hmm. that part of our mission statement. And then some questions that try to unfold that, both on a scale question, which don't take long to answer, and then some open-ended Questions that people can respond to all of them or some of them or one of them, anything that they want. Uh, we're just, we're very happy to receive whatever responses people uh, are willing to give. <laughs> right, right. And to learn something. So what is our aim? Right. Uh, aim in our diocese is really like, look, to build a mission, participation, communion, and mission in our diocese, to build a culture of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. There's about like 10,000 really good things we could be doing. Right. Uh, Literally. So our hope, uh, in the, in the Chancery Office and the Office of Discipleship and Evangelization is from this survey, can we really identify, hey, here are some clear uh, priorities of the many things that could be done that would make the most positive impact for advancing that mission for where we are right now and like in the next three years. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important. I think uh, the Holy Father's desire is that this effort throughout the world isn't like a one and done thing. Right. That this starts people thinking and cultivating a habit where you can have a structure for important conversations mm-hmm. and having involving people's, you know, people's inspiration and reflections. Because people think about these things yeah. uh, in their own families. Like you were saying, Absolutely. Like, oh, I have people in my family who left the church. What can we do about that? Because mm-hmm. um, it seems impossible and th- mm-hmm. but there are ways to deal with it. Yeah. So, right, yeah, right. Yeah. And so, and God is raising up in people's hearts and minds the inspirations that we need right. for the mission of the church to flourish in our East River Diocese, right. you know? Right. So that's what we're really trying. This is like an exercise in discernment. Like what's on people's hearts and minds? And we tried to uh, create these survey questions to get people to reflect and receive those inspirations from God. And then what are we hearing, right? Right. Uh, it's not that every response is going to be like the the solution, but I <laughs> bet, I bet we will see some really clear patterns and themes right. emerging from people's responses that can really help inform our diocesan level discernment of what, of the many good things we can be doing and are doing, where should we really be per, uh, most impactfully uh, setting our priorities? Right, right. So now as we're um, 
do it going through this survey and everything and, mm-hmm. and even chatting in our parishes or whatever, I think it can be really easy for us as humans to be like, well, I don't like this thing, so I'm going to bring this up because yeah. this is really grating on me all the time. So there are some things we need to be careful about to avoid. And uh, I know you didn't, uh, we don't want to like spend a ton of time on this, but um, one of them is uh, we, we want to avoid leading ourselves instead of being led by God. And I think that yeah. actually kind of encompasses all of them. Yes. Uh, can yeah. you speak to that a little bit? Right. So um, <laughs> we we're, we really want to listen uh, to the heart of God. Right. But God speaks in the hearts of individuals, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it's really important, and we've we've had a, a prayer for this process. We're encouraging mm-hmm. people to pray. It's a beautiful prayer to the Holy Spirit. You can also find that at uh, our sfcatholic.org slash synod mm-hmm. site. You can download the bookmark. or uh, It's a beautiful prayer to the Holy it Spirit. Is. It's actually mm-hmm. the prayer that was used at every session of the Second Vatican Council. Oh, okay. That's, that, that's I didn't where that know prayer that. came from. Okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And really asking the Holy Spirit to guide our thoughts and reflections on these important questions. So I'd encourage anyone who's engaging with the uh, survey, the reason we put it out early before the responses go live is that people can take time with it and sit with it. Yes. Take some notes and pray and uh, talk to their friends and family about it. And, hey, what do you think? That would be the best thing, that it starts a conversation and prayerful reflection from uh, as many people as possible in East River, South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. To prayerfully engage it. So we really want to— be obedient. We want to follow the inspirations that God is leading. So it really does need to be a prayerful encounter and not just like, well, finally, I'm going to pipe off about that thing. Right. <laughs> right. And the other part of that too is it was really funny in the Vatican's own instructions. Like this is not a referendum about your bishop or your pastor right. or, you know, some micro. Your <laughs> Yeah, your local. Like that's not what we're looking for. Right? The carpet this in your is, parish. No one cares. <laughs> Yes. I mean, seriously. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Not that those things are unimportant. Right. It's just not the focus of this effort. Right. 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 Because <laughs> details do matter. Um, so uh, it's really like saying, hey, it, it, and this is really, a, I would say, a diocesan exercise. It's a diocesan consultation. So uh, it'd be best if people who are participating, they're thinking of like, hey, the Catholic Church in East River, South Dakota. How can we? Uh, mm-hmm. What are the opportunities? What are we doing great as a church? How can we grow as a church? What is God asking of us in order to grow in lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love? What are the things that we can respond to? Thinking beyond just my parish, which is challenging because yep, people's it is. main experience of the church is like I go the place I go to church mm-hmm, on Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, in that community, and that is really important. But um, in terms of the Catholic Church, it's like a diocese is has everything that the church has to offer in the most local area. Right. Not every parish can say that, right? Right. Because a parish doesn't have a bishop, right. for example. <laughs> a parish doesn't form its own clergy, right. for example, and many, many other things, right? So, But a, a diocese is the fullness of the Catholic Church in a local geographic area. So that's really the kind of the level that uh, these questions are aimed at. What is, uh, yeah, what is, how can we grow in our, vision and community participation and mission in East River, South Dakota. Yeah. Um, Which is very different than the carpet wars. Yes. In the yes. <laughs> or the music that's being played or right. whatever. Yes. Um, okay. We have a minute or two left. Uh, I'd love to hear one or two of the questions, but I'm, I want to make sure that you also get to say what you, what else you want to say about it. So if there's a couple of questions there, you can kind of give us an example of one or two of them. That would be great. So people know what, what they might be looking at. 
Yeah. So, um, for example, so we organized our survey under each word of the vision. So right. lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love discipleship, for example, that's the heart of the vision. Yeah. Uh, all about the encounter with Jesus Christ. How am I experiencing him? How, what has been most impactful for me growing in the relationship with God that I enjoy today, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, on, on the flip side, if I know people who have, um, left the practice of their Catholic faith, what do I know about them? What do I, what have I heard has been a stumbling block for them or how they lost contact right. uh, with the faith? I think those are really important yes. questions. Um, at the end, like if we have a number of questions, again, people don't need to be intimidated. They can respond to anything uh, that they want to as much or as little as they'd like to. Right. But just at the end, um, Hey, what do I wish the church would do more? You know? Right. Oh, that's a great one. Hey, what do I wish the church would do less? Right. <laughs> yep. And what do I think is the most important thing for the church, meaning or East River Diocese, mm-hmm. to focus on in the next three years? Yeah. Like if we just got really thoughtful, prayerful responses just on those three, this would be a huge benefit for the yeah. life of our local church. Yeah, it would be. Mm-hmm. And that's really the goal is to have something for us as a diocese to yeah. work with, right. to know where to go. Where do mm-hmm. people want us to go? Because mm-hmm. we aren't. Here in the Chancery, we aren't just working for ourselves. That's right. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're working for the diocese as a whole. So that's right. Yeah, and it's not, and it's uh, this is one of the advantages of having structured it around our diocesan vision because it's not just like, well, we have no idea where we're going. Right. We have a very, we're blessed to have a very clear vision right. and direction. Yeah, but there are, like I said, thousands of good ways to pursue that. Mm -hmm. But I really do believe we're going to get a good sense of, hey, what is God raising up in the reflections and understanding and inspirations and desires of our people that would be most impactful. Good. uh, Which will advance the reality of our church in our local area. And and hopefully bring about holier people in our diocese, Mm -hmm. which is really (laughs) holier, headed to heaven. That's all the stuff we want. Yeah. The last thing I'd like to say about this is – you know, this is really a call for all the baptized to live out their baptismal vocation, right? Every baptized person has a, a co-responsibility for the life and reality right. of the church. Mm-hmm. And I think there's it can be easy for people to have more of a kind of a, like we have with entertainment or shopping, <laughs> with a kind of more of a consumer attitude, like, right. hey, is this suiting my needs? Yes. As opposed to what is God asking me to do to make the mission of the church more a reality? In, well, in my personal life, mm-hmm. in my family, among my friends, in my community, in my parish, and even at the broader scale across our diocese. Right. That's a, that is something that is, um, has room to develop, right? It's not overdeveloped in people's yes. understanding, yes. right? That's something we can really grow in a lot. And I think just this process, asking these important questions and asking people to really prayerfully reflect on them and discuss them with each other itself just elevates that baptismal call to co-responsibility for the life and mission of the church. Each, everyone in their proper roles, the bishop has a different role than a married person, than a priest, than a religious. We all have our unique vocations that need each other for the church to flourish in her, um, in being the church and uh, fruitfully undertaking her mission. Right, right. Awesome. So thank you, Father Scott, for being here with us today. Again, the website to learn more about the synod and to see a sample or to look at the, it's the actual survey mm-hmm. that is at sfcatholic.org slash synod, S Y N O D. And uh, you can take a look at it on February 1st for the whole month of February. Yes. You can take the survey 
online. Um, I think you can do it on paper too. Your par- your parishes yeah. will will talk about that. But uh, if you can do it online, that's most helpful. Super helpful. <laughs> so thanks, Father Scott, for being here today. Thanks for having me. All right, again, that is sfcatholic.org slash synod to take a look at that survey. We hope you will all do that because uh, it's really important for our diocese. That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic News.